There's a path for a major upset building week at Ole Miss. I'll tell you how we get there right after this. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you for joining us on this bye week. We all kind of need this break. But with Ole Miss getting Alabama on CBS next week, the game of the week, the first step to Ole Miss building a monumental upset is complete. We'll tell you on just a second. Right now, I do want to let you know, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Sign up for the YouTube page. Um, hit the bell for notifications and participate down below by commenting and by upvoting the video. We'd appreciate that very much. Anyway, Ole Miss and Alabama get CBS on November 12th. Um, that's going to be a big game. Now, Alabama still has to beat LSU. There's still some things that have to happen for this day to be a perfect day. But the first step was Ole Miss getting that CBS time slot, which if you looked at the schedule, Ole Miss and Alabama was going to get that 2.30 time slot. But this allows it to happen. And you have LSU and Arkansas that day. There's so many things that could happen to where it could be a literal perfect, perfect day. Uh, after that game, when Ole Miss finishes with Alabama, there's a chance that Ole Miss can lose one of its last two games and still win the West. That's what I mean by perfect type day. But the first thing we have to do is build an upset. And with Ole Miss getting that CBS game and potentially game day, if you look at the schedule, um, if Ole Miss is where they are, they're likely to move into the top 10 next week if there's an upset or two. If Alabama beats LSU, takes care of business there, that is the best game by far on the schedule. That would be a battle of top 10 matchups. So Ole Miss would be the favorite for game day to come to town. But I will say this, game day has been known to do weird things before. I mean, just last week they were down in Jackson, Mississippi. So if there was something they want to do, if North Dakota State and South Dakota State or somebody like that is playing and they wanted to do that, that would be the crazy thing they could do. But if they want an FBS game of the two top 10 teams ranked, Ole Miss and Alabama is basically a standalone for the weekend. So it should be a little bit of fun there. Now, Alabama has a huge game this week. Just absolutely massive. And all of their focus has been on Ole Miss, or on LSU. Sorry about that. None of their focus has been on Ole Miss because they are genuinely concerned about playing a night game in Tiger Stadium. Nick Saban knows about that, that atmosphere both home and away. He's been on either side of it. So Alabama would be completely, totally brought up on this matchup. Brian Kelly is an excellent coach. Brian Kelly will probably have success against Alabama. I do not know if they are going to beat Alabama. I mean, Alabama is a two-touchdown favorite. But LSU is a good team to the point where their defensive line and their linebackers can cause trouble for Bryce Young can cause trouble for that Bama O-line. There's stuff they're going to have to take um, care of. 
that means there is none of them looking forward to the Ole Miss game. This is their game. In their eyes, this is the game to reestablish dominance in the West. This is the game that they are absolutely building towards. They're not paying attention to the Ole Miss game. Now, after this game and this big, huge game in Tiger Stadium, absolutely massive, a week later, there's letdown possibility right there. Now, Alabama's going to try to be up, but most of those players remember last year talking about how dangerous it was, and they beat Ole Miss 42-21. to They remember 2020, potentially, to where Alabama gained every yard that could be gained in a football game minus seven. If Alabama would have went against air, they would have gained seven more yards than they did against D.J. Durkin's defense. Just saying. That is what the players think of Ole Miss. They scored, what, 63 that night? They scored 42 last year. They're expecting to do very well. Now, everybody's going to talk about the Ole Miss defense and hand-wring about that. That's fine. You can do that. But the defense can rise up. The offense can make up for the defense, and you have to be able to exploit the defense enough to outscore our offense. So if Alabama gets into a shootout, anything can happen. It's going to be a big day. It's going to have probably 67,000 in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. They all have a chance to be the largest crowd in state of Mississippi history um, at this game. There's going to be probably 150,000 people in Oxford that weekend. It's going to be a madhouse. So if you want to um, do a VRBO, probably a good week to put it on there um, for next weekend because that's going to be a mess, and we all know that hotels gouge people. I mean, it's like a three-night minimum for $400 a night. It's like 1200 bucks to stay at a Super 8 in Oxford. It's absolutely ridiculous. But if you were going to VRBO, probably not a bad weekend to do it. This weekend is going to be a zoo. Now, again, all this is assuming Alabama takes care of LSU. Now, I hope it's a really tight game. I hope LSU pushes them to the limit. And this is why I want that to happen. I want Alabama to win this game, as do most Ole Miss fans. You want Alabama to win this game because... You want Alabama to come to Oxford with all of the SEC West on the line after going through that war. Also, you need LSU to lose the game. And you need the letdown of them losing that game to go into Arkansas the next week. See, Arkansas, their schedule, everybody is going to complain about their schedule. They had a really good setup of playing LSU the week after they played Alabama and playing Ole Miss the week after they played Alabama. But Arkansas was not really able to put it together over the course of the season. They, you know, they doinked a kick against Texas A&M. They've lost some other games. But they have a chance against LSU to go into that game 6-3. and three. That game's going to be a war. It, it just is. Ole Miss and Alabama is going to be a war. It's the four best teams in the Western Division. All apologies to Mississippi State. These are the four best teams in the Eastern Division. I know Mississippi State beat Arkansas. They did that with without K.J. Jefferson. LSU beat Ole Miss. They did that without Zach Evans. There's reasons that you can find for missteps of these teams along the way. 
we saw this weekend, having Zach Evans makes all the difference in the world. He's a special outside runner. He is excellent in space. So understand that there are building blocks in place for pulling this upset. The first step was getting that CBS time slot. Ole Miss needed that CBS time slot because of the tension, attention that it will provide. Second, they need to sell out the stadium, which they're going to do. If they haven't already, it's pretty close. There's going to be 68, 67,000 people in that stadium by kickoff. Also, you need game day in town, and you need what that brings on top of everything else. Um, in Oxford, Ole Miss is not lost with game day in town, and that was against Alabama and against Texas A&M. It's going to be a third trip, a third bite at the apple with potentially game day coming to town. Fourth of all, you need the SEC West up for grabs. You need a war with Alabama fighting for the SEC West and then having to do it all over again the next week. All of these are building blocks for a potential upset. Now, we haven't even talked about a second after the ball gets kicked off. And we're going to do that later. We're going to save that for a later date because there are some interesting things that Ole Miss can do to Alabama and Alabama can do to Ole Miss that can make this game wonky. But we will save that as the game gets a little closer. Right now, we are going to tell you about these building blocks to a potential upset. And in the pregame, that is the cascade that you're looking for. If those four things happen, special can happen. Happens all over college football. There's an energy level that is going to be palpable that week in Oxford. Alabama's not going to have that. Alabama's going to have the expectation that they're going to win. Alabama's going to have the expectation that they're better than Ole Miss and just need to go over there and handle business. Although they just did that against LSU. I don't care how good you are. It is hard to go back-to-back -back weeks in high-intensity games. I don't care anything about it. That LSU game is going to be a war. Alabama might pull that out because they are the, one of the most talented teams in the country. But it is going to be hard to replicate that a second week on top of everything else, all of the energy going on. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the health of the team and why that is important moving forward. Um, like I said, we're not really going to dig in the X's and O's because we have a little bit of time to do that. But we're going to talk about the anatomy of building this upset because it's imperative of the fan base for everybody to get on board. If you have a 1% chance, probability, of thinking that Ole Miss is going to beat Alabama, Ole Miss needs you. If you have 0% and you think this is just set in stone the way it is, Ole Miss doesn't need you. They don't need to hear about it. They don't need to be hearing anything like that during the week. So it just is what it is. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think about unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Quinshawn Judkins at the end of the game against Texas A&M. Texas A&M just scored to make it 24-21. Everybody started getting nervous about what could happen. But Ole Miss immediately, within five plays, went straight down the field, followed by like a 60-yard 
Quinshawn Judkins run that just was basically Superman where he broke four tackles, and he ended up getting into the end zone himself. That run put Ole Miss's stamp on the game, and it was essentially the game clincher. There was other stuff that happened, but when that TV happened, you could kind of excel. And Quinshawn Judkins is the best running back in the country. I don't care what anybody says. He needs to be talked about for Heisman. He needs to be talked about for Doak Walker. He has a chance to put 13, 14, 1,500 yards up on the board this season, and that is with Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State, all three pretty good against the run on the schedule. It should be really interesting to see. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what, pers what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada and Pathfinder today. It's available at Nissan.com. All right, I, uh, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind, beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available at the on this app, the YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. That's right, I said the YouTube. All right, so we're talking today about building an upset. And we talked in the first segment about kind of steps and benchmarks that need to be hit along the way. And that was the game needs to be on CBS. It needs to be a hard sellout. Um, game day needs to be in town and it needs to be for the SEC West. So there's certain things that has to happen for this to go, but this is about building this upset. They've already announced that the game is going to be on CBS. They are close to a sellout. And I haven't heard the exact thing, but I think at the end of the day, this thing will have 67, 68,000 people in the stands. Game day, if you look at the schedule, should be coming to Oxford next week. If they don't, it's rigged, period. Because the best game next week is going to be Alabama and Ole Miss. Even if Alabama loses to LSU, the best game next week of most highly ranked teams will be Alabama and Ole Miss. So game day, should be here. Like I said, game day could do some weird stuff, but they did some weird stuff last week. I think this week they're going to end up going to um, Tennessee and Georgia. So Alabama's safe there, so they're going to come across now. They might be worried about too much SEC, but with them coming to Jackson, I don't know if that's going to be an issue as well. By the way, that was a really cool game day. I um, hope everybody enjoyed that, and I, I'm really thrilled for Jackson State for getting that kind of exposure. Um, that, that was pretty awesome. What Dion's doing down there is pretty phenomenal. All right. So all of this that we talked about is things that need to happen outside of Ole Miss's control. And that, that's the sad thing that says. Other than the sellout, it's outside of the Ole Miss control at this point. Because like I said, sell out the stadium, you're relying on people to buy the tickets. They're going to, but you're relying on people outside the to buy the tickets. Game day, you can't control the thought process. They could decide to go to South Dakota State, North Dakota State, or something like that. And, of course, um, for the SEC West, which LSU could win the game against Alabama and just completely take the SEC West off the thing. Now, if LSU beats Alabama, you got a um, Alabama that's gettable at that point. You're looking at a potential three-loss Alabama team with a loss to Ole Miss. They have flaws. Every team on Ole Miss's schedule has flaws. Ole Miss has flaws. 
So it's going to be a war, and whoever can expose those flaws is going to come out victorious. I mean, that's the way it all is. So the health of the team is important, and this bye week coming now is its super importantness. It just really is because players like Troy Brown, Cedric Johnson, um, A.J. Finley, three of our best players defensively have been nicked up. The defense is going to look worse when you have injured players that are forced to play that position because they are good players on top of injured. And 80% um, A.J. Finley might be better than his backup, but he's not as good as 100% A.J. Finley. So this two weeks will be very important for those guys getting healed up. And if they can get healed up in those 12 days and get ready to go before Alabama comes to town, you might have a chance for a different-looking defense. Now, schematically, there's some things that Ole Miss cannot fix. I don't know if Alabama is positioned in a way that they can actually take advantage of that. I could see Jace McClellan and um, those guys trying to, but to do that, you have to take Jameer Gibbs off the field. And the way it's set up, he's not really the guy to run those type plays. He's not a murder ball tailback. He's more of a Devin A-chain. And as we saw this weekend, the running back ran out of gas. Now, there's more depth at Alabama. I mean, this is, again, a top five roster in college football. We've seen top five roster, top five roster, and top five roster in college football the last three weeks. Should not make anybody surprised that this team is going to be good and they're going to be able to run the ball. But my point is, if Ole Miss tackles well and limits explosive plays, I don't know if Alabama is good enough to play the Brian Robinson murder ball game that was played last year against Ole Miss. That's my point. I don't know if this Alabama team is prepared to go second and six, third and two, first and ten, second and six, third and two, first and ten. The teams that are prepared and able to do that is going to give this Ole Miss defense a ton of trouble. It's just the way it's constructed. But Alabama, I think, is going to try and want to play Ole Miss straight up because Alabama thinks they're better than Ole Miss. And I don't, I'm not meaning that as a derogatory thing. It's just a bunch of five stars on the other side of the field. It should be really, really interesting. And Ole Miss needs to have energy to start with. Ole Miss has been a traditionally fast-starting team. That's absolutely fine. Ole Miss needs to prepare to be very, very physical in this game. Against Alabama last year, Alabama's physicalness is the reason Ole Miss lost that game. Everybody's like, well, what about Lane going for it on fourth down or all of these other things? No, it was receivers catching the ball on second and medium or third and long and having a one-yard gain to lean forward. If they just fell forward, they get the first down. Alabama played so physical that they did not fall forward. That is why Alabama won that game. Alabama was juiced for that game. And because of it, the defense kind of played out of their mind. Alabama's defense, the way it's situated now, they have some issues in the secondary. This is going to be a probably a game where Jackson Dart needs to hit some deep balls downfield. They need to run the ball just somewhat effectively. You're not going to run for 390 yards against Alabama. But if you can get to 200, if you can get to 250, I mean, that, that's interesting. That can play a little bit especially if you throw the ball well. If you have a good plan and a way to attack players like Henry Toa Toa 
or Dallas Turner or Will Anderson. I mean, really good players, but you need to have a plan to take advantage of those really good players. So it'll be interesting. It should be a lot of fun. As you can see, I'm completely jazzed up for 11 days until kickoff. We've already got named as the CBS Game of the Week at 2.30 on CBS. Now it's time to sit back and watch what's going to happen. It's going to be a hard sellout. It's going to be a massive sellout. It might be the largest crowd ever to witness an Ole Miss football game. It's not that often that potentially an Ole Miss game has this much meaning. Now, everybody's going to point to the 2014 Alabama game or the 2015 Arkansas game as seminal moments. Those weren't as big as this because the Alabama game in 2014 was in late September, early October. There was tons of SEC football left to go. The Arkansas game, that Arkansas team was 4-4. Four and four. That game was consequential because of what happened, not the game itself. This Alabama game will be different if they take care of business in Tiger Stadium. It will be a game on November 12th for Ole Miss for supremacy in the SEC West. And like I said, depending on how the results go, Ole Miss may, if they beat Alabama, just need to go 1-1. One the rest of the way to win the West. Absolutely nuts. Huge, massive games. If Ole Miss never, ever, ever needed energy from its fan base, needed Vault hemingway Stadium to be special, to be built up beyond anywhere that it's ever been. 2003 LSU, scratch that. To be something completely special, it is this or next weekend on November 12th. Whenever they kicked that ball off, fans needed to already been there for an hour and just ready to go. It's going to be a huge, absolutely huge game for the Ole Miss Rebels. Just monumentally huge. Once or twice in a generation level game. Fault Hemingway has only had one game in its history. Well, not necessarily in his history, but in the last 40 years, since 1963 or whatever, that has had a game of this magnitude. 2003, LSU. That's it. It's going to be an absolutely huge game. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk with Tom Vanderford. Like I said, our days are getting mixed up this week. It's a bye week, but everybody has things to do, and they've set it up for the bye week intentionally, and they're doing this for you. So just be patient with that. Also, later this week, we've got um, Jason Jordan talking basketball recruiting. we got John Garcia talking football recruiting, and we are looking for somebody to do a preview of the basketball team. Now, I could come up here and tell you all these players that are going to be on the Mrs. basketball team I am probably not the guy you want to hear about the basketball roster at the moment. I'm a football guy. I've always been a football guy, but I will try to get a basketball guy on here to explain the intricacies of the game, just period. It's the reason Derek is on this show, because in baseball, I wanted somebody with a grasp and everything around baseball to talk baseball. So that's, that's the reason Derek Vandegrift came onto the show initially. Now, as he got on there, we discovered that his fandom and his football knowledge and everything was good, but it was originally Ole Miss baseball and trying to find that additional voice. But, you know, Chris, who's a Vegas resort concierge, was sweating through his suit and coat and job in less than an hour. Not anymore thanks to sweat block. Now, Vegas is hot, like 
open an oven door at 450 degrees hot. That's what Vegas feels like. They tell you that it's a dry heat and it's not the same as the South. No, hot's hot. It, it just always is. You just don't sweat as much. You don't feel as much. Um, so Chris was able to fix his problem with sweat block. Sweat block wipes are a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date. Everyone can benefit. If someone you love is experiencing it's embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code locked on. That's two words, locked on at sweatblock.com, and it's also available at Amazon. Hey, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. So leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That way, if somebody searches Ole Miss podcast, we come up on the Google machine. That is why we ask you to do that. So if you could do that, it would be fantastic. We are joined by Tom Vanderford. I know it's not his normal day. But he is here because it's a bye week and it's going to get a little squirrely this week. How you doing, Tom? Doing great. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm. I'm pretty excited. There's a lot of stuff going on today. You got um, the Ole Miss game at Texas A&M, which was a fine victory, and anybody that tries to poo-poo that doesn't know what they're talking about. Second of all, Brian Harson got fired from Auburn, and um, Brandon Marcello and a couple of boot riders saying that Lane Kiffin is their number one target. Ooh, spooky on Halloween. Uh, and, of course, we're getting ready for perhaps the biggest college football game on Ole Miss's campus in 12 days. There's a lot of stuff going on, Tom. Yep, there sure <laughs> is. sure is. Yeah, it reminds me of 2014. It's kind of eerily familiar. Uh you know, I was at that game. That was the first time game day was in Oxford. We had Katy Perry, and she was the only one that picked us to win. And, you know, then Sinquez did his magic, and, you know, Bo Wallace had a great second half. And you can't ever tell. You know, on paper, Alabama's better than us. They got all those five stars, right? But Texas A&M had a, a boatload of five stars, too. And uh, sometimes the rating services get it wrong. Uh, Patrick Willis was a two-star forever and just became a three-star right at the end before he signed with us. I think it was after he finally got a Tennessee offer. And uh, if Quinshawn Juckins ain't a five-star high school running back, I've never seen one. Yeah, he's the best running back in the country, period. If you, look back, exactly. if you look back to that Texas A&M game, I mean, he was just absolutely immense. Him and Zach Evans. Ole Miss came three yards away from setting the um, all-time record for rushing yards in Kyle Field. Um, and if Wayne Kiffin would have known he was three yards away, he would He'd not have, have taken a knee. Yeah, he would have gotten it. And um, that's that's an important thing to realize. It was, it was a good, solid win. A&M's a talented team. I think Connor Wigman, they found something there. Um but Very I think Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss is in position to where they can make a run. The final three games are the most important. Win one, and you got a nice warm bowl um, game to go to. Win two, you're probably in the Orange Bowl. You win all three, you're in Atlanta and possibly in the playoff. It, this is absolutely uncharted territory for Ole Miss fans, um, and 
I know everybody during the season is like, well, we haven't played anybody. When we play an SEC team, this won't work. When we play an SEC team, this won't work. Well, we played five. It's worked four times. It's only not worked once, and that was essentially for a quarter, and we played LSU without Zach Evans, period. That's the way you need to look at that. Exactly, and we also – uh, lost uh, some some good defensive players uh, early in that LSU game as well. You know, A.J. Finley uh, and Troy Brown are two of the best players on that defense. So you start losing those guys, and, and we're not like Alabama where you lose a five-star and you plug in another five-star. So, I mean, we, we're getting better, uh, you know, so – but. I think the off week couldn't have come at a better time. Mm-hmm. You were a little banged up, uh, even even at at the end of the A and M game. They were asking asking Jackson Dart uh, about his running, and he said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm a little banged up, but you know, I did what I could, mm-hmm. which I thought he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I." I am just amazed how good he is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're the, the National Gatorade Player of the Year and you start as a true freshman at USC, you know, you're not chopped you're a good player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've been impressed with him, how he's carried himself, uh, how the team has adapted to him. And, and to be honest with you, how Luke Altmyer is the first one out to greet him. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be the first one to say, I think Luke Altmyer uh, enters the portal at the end of the year and goes somewhere else. Uh, I, Marcel Reed's coming in. We got a lock on on the kid from Arkansas that's a four star, you know, for the next year. I, I just, I really think Luke goes somewhere else. I think he would do wonderful at like Southern Miss or somewhere like that. Uh, Memphis, uh, he's a good quarterback. He yeah. is. He's a and he's a good kid. So, but I am really looking forward to this week off. Uh, we don't have. I don't. You don't stress. You're. You're. You know. You really don't. I. You know. I have. 18 heart attacks every time we play a football <laughs> game. So I'm looking forward to this weekend just sitting here and watching ball games and just being a fan yeah. of, of college football. I mean, we've got, what, Georgia and Tennessee, uh, LSU and Alabama. I mean, we got some really good games this weekend. Yeah, you think Ole Miss fans are going to be watching the LSU-Bama game? Roll Tide. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you'll never hear me say that again, but <laughs> listen to this. And, you know, if everybody is wanting a situation to where this could go 100% right for Ole Miss, and this is absolutely possible, if Alabama beats LSU, let's say Alabama beats LSU, which they're a two touchdown favorite, okay? LSU loses to Arkansas the next week. Ole Miss beats Alabama. Ole Miss only has to win one out of their last two games to go to Atlanta. Yep. We could actually win our next two games uh, with with Alabama beating LSU. And the Egg Bowl's irrelevant. We're going mm-hmm. to Atlanta, whether the, we win or lose the egg or not. Yeah. You know, of course, that that's a good feeling. Yeah. 
that, that, know, that, that, but, that'd be a tough day for state fans, I think. Oh, it, it would trust me. I work with a lot. Of, you know, I'm I'm an engineer. I work with tons of state guys and state fans, and 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 it would kill some of them that I work with. It would it would it would kill them. You know, because that's their that's their one brag now that they have left is they went to Atlanta in 1999 mm-hmm. with a seven and four record. By the way, yeah. Uh, you know, so, but yeah, if we were able to get to Atlanta, that would just kill them, you know, and it, it, it just amazes me. I, I, I asked one recently, would you rather go 11 and one and lose the egg bowl to Ole Miss or go one and 11 and beat Ole Miss in the egg bowl? He said, one and 11, man. I said, dude, you're, 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 it, I'm not you're, you're psychotic. I'm on the record right now and say, <laughs> I'd lose the egg every year to go eleven and one and end up in the SEC championship game. Yeah, yeah. I would just take a, that right now. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just a difference of fandom between the two groups, and this isn't anything against the Mississippi State people. I know Mississippi State people. I went to school with a lot of Mississippi State people. Exactly. And, and yeah, and they're good folks, but they yeah. really, really hate us. <laughs> yeah. It, whenever, when, and this is not an insult for anybody that's listening. But whenever we refer to Mississippi State as little brother, it's stuff like this. That yeah. it is them putting Ole Miss above everything else makes them a little brother in that situation. And Ole Miss just doesn't do that with Mississippi State, and that makes them mad. And it's right. absolutely nuts. And people don't understand. I was like, hey, the game Ole Miss most wants to win is LSU. The game Ole Miss most doesn't want to lose. Is Mississippi State? It's Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and if you don't know the difference and why that is, you're not an Ole Miss fan. And exactly. Because yeah, the LSU game is the rivalry that you want to win. Mississippi State, you just don't want to hear it if you lose. If they rise up and get you, they will make it absolutely miserable on you. Heck, I left the state. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah. Any, anyway, let's talk about the elephant in the room before I let you go today. Today. All right. Brian Harson was let go at Auburn. John Cohen was hired from Mississippi State at Auburn. John Cohen fired Brian Harson almost immediately. It was kind of an Elon Musk move by him. Um, and Brandon Marcello, a reporter for AL.com, I believe, said that Lane Kiffin was the number one choice on the board. Now, I will say this. Lane Kiffin should be everybody's number one choice on their board. If you're not, you're doing this wrong. If you want a solid college football state football team, he should be the guy that you want. Now the problem is Ole Miss is willing to go north of ten million dollars for him, which means to get him, he either needs to be unhappy, or if he is, you've got to go above that number. And I don't think Lane Kiffin is unhappy in Oxford right now. Everything he says about Oxford is right on point, which means Auburn's going to have to go eleven, twelve million dollars a year for a huge amount, like a Jimbo-like contract that everybody's talking about, for even Lane Kiffin to consider it. Now, what am I missing? With a Jimbo-like buyout. Yeah. Yeah, what am I missing? They're already they're already going to be paying two head coaches next mm-hmm. year anyway because they still, they're still paying off Gus and they'll be paying off Harson. So, if I was if I was Lane Kiffin. I would look at this one fact. Yes, there have been people win the national championship at Auburn. And what happened to them very 
recently after they won the national championship, they got fired. You know, Gus Malzahn had a win. Uh, I think he was six and six, and they fired him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a few years away from winning the Natty. So, if if I was somebody, not just him, any coach, I would want to make sure I got a Jimbo Fisher type of deal where I had a huge, huge uh, golden parachute. Yeah, it's a retirement job. At that point, if he leaves yeah. Ole Miss, it's a retirement gig. So, he has to get a retirement gig type of money. Um, so, we're talking $10, $11 million a year, 10-year contract, something like that. And it's all guaranteed. Anything less than that, he's not going to go because he's happy where he is. And I don't, and I don't think, think people Auburn's realize going to spit out that. I don't think Auburn's going to spit out that much money. I they have. I agree with the tweet. They they got it. Yeah. But uh, I agree with the tweet that uh, that you put out. You know, Cohen Cohen uh, knows a guy that's not coaching right now. Mm-hmm. That's got SEC experience that he could get for a pretty decent price, and he would be a very good coach with the talent fit. that they have at Auburn right now, and that's Dan Mullen. Yeah, he, he would fit down there because this is not an insult to State fans. If you're a State fan and watching this, this is not an insult about you. Auburn and State fans have the same personality. What would work at Mississippi State will work at Auburn. Dan Mullen absolutely worked at Mississippi State. He would absolutely work at Auburn. And – the level of players and the level of investment would be even a little bit better. So I, I just think that that would be a really good fit. I also think Hugh Freeze is going to be in play for those guys. But people need to realize – I think Hugh would be a good fit. I just wonder if his uh, – if his uh, if Sankey is over his, Hugh Freeze is not going to come back to the SEC thing. Yeah, I, I, you know? I don't know. I don't. I, I do not. But know. but yeah, if I was Auburn and I could get Freeze, that's who I'd get. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's Mullen, Freeze, or um, potentially whoever an up and comer is in the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Maybe a Dave Aranda potentially. You could reach out for him. We saw him in the Sugar Bowl. He's a good coach. Really good. Dave Aranda's a dang good coach. And and you know the guy Lance Leopold at, at Kansas has worked mm-hmm. miracles. Yeah. So, you know, but I I got to think Auburn's going to go to somebody that has some uh, connections in the southeast because, you know, when they yeah. did the, the Harson thing, that kind of hosed them on recruiting and a lot of things. Yeah, that was just a weird fit. 2020 overall was a weird fit. Mm-hmm. The three big coaching hires were Steve Sarkeesian, um, Brian Harson, and Shane Beamer. I don't know if any of those coaches are the right fit. And any yeah, of them I don't either. I mean, Beamer, one second Beamer looks wonderful, mm-hmm. and the next second his kids lay an egg. Well, it's because you they know? score in I'm, ways other than the offense. If they do that, right, they're a better true. team. But their offense is not good. It, it, it just isn't. I'm so glad we didn't get Spencer Rattler. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. Um but, hey, I'm excited. I'm excited about um, this weekend, a bye week, to just be able to sit back and watch the games. Um, Me too. Kind of get to, yeah. No late-night live streams, which I did that by myself after the last game at midnight, sitting there um, answering on the chat and everything. We had a good time, but it was just really late. Um, 
We, Alabama's at 2.30, so we'll have everybody at 6. Do you want to join us on the live stream that week? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arkansas has a chance to be 2.30 CBS as well. And then Thanksgiving night's the Egg Bowl, which I don't know if I'll ask anybody to be a guest analyst on that one because it'll be so late. Um, but oh, it, should yeah. be a, it should be a lot of fun because that game's going to end at 11.30 or 12 Eastern time. And then oh, I have yeah. to, do, yeah, I have to do all my locked on now stuff. What people don't know about is I have, I have actually a little bit of stuff I can do, have to do before the post game show starts. So right. everybody might think I'm late, but I'm actually just rushing trying to get through with stuff already. So, um, real quick before we get out of here, now how are you going to bye week? What's your plan? Oh, just mm-hmm. for this week, mm-hmm. just relaxing, man, and, and not stressing and not, you know, just trying to enjoy everything. Yeah. How about you? I am going to watch every game. I'm not going to do a post-game live stream. I'm going to take Friday and Saturday off, and then I'll have a video Sunday night. Um, and I'm just going to kind of recharge a little bit and then get back for Monday because my whole goal was to make this game nuclear. That That is my whole goal, that everything. Whenever I told people two weeks ago, if Ole Miss wins one of their next two, I'm going to make this Alabama game blow off the charts. And that that is my goal for next week, but we have to build it up to there. But anyway, CBS, right. CBS game that's, um, for Alabama. I, nobody's surprised by that. But this um, podcast is – basically centered around how do you build an upset? First, the CBS 230 game. Second of all, you sell out the stadium. Third of all, game day is here. Fourth of all, the SEC West is on the line. If all four of those things happen, there's a chance Vault Hemingway could be special next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there in 2014, and I've I've had people tell me that, you know, the LSU game in 2003 was louder but uh, that's the loudest I've ever heard it in that stadium was the 2014 Alabama game. Yeah, the last time I almost played a game that meant this much was the 2003 LSU game. At Goosebumps yeah. time in Oxford, Mississippi. So exactly. anyway, Tom, Tom, thank you very much. I do want to thank everybody for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. From, for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Tom, I want you to have a good week. I want you to enjoy this bye week, and we're going to come back and have you on Monday, and we're going to start getting ready for Bama. How's that sound? Sounds great. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.